This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Well, certainly the world of media and entertainment is being turned upside down right now with the recent announcement of the AT&T Time Warner merger, as well as what may occur between Fox and or Disney Comcast. You also have lots of changes in media consumption by the public, as well as the needs to produce more and more content. Scott Mills is president of BET Networks, as well as a former executive vice president and chief administrative officer at Viacom. But he was also, in an earlier life, deputy treasurer for the city of Philadelphia. Scott is a 1990 Wharton grad and also a member of the Wharton Undergraduate Executive Board. And he joins us here at the Global Forum. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. How do you, how do you look at what we have seen recently with AT&T Time Warner and what we may see with Fox and, and those suitors? What is the, the, the landscape of the media industry right now? Well, the landscape is fundamentally built around this idea that scale is a core driver of uh, future competitive advantage. And the business has always gone through periods of consolidation and disaggregation, consolidation and disaggregation. And now the mode is consolidation, vertical integration. Yep. The, the interesting thing is, if you th just think about media in general, it's always being disrupted by changes in technology. Yeah. And this is, this is a kind of a strategic response to the impact of technology on the overall economics of the business and the opportunities it creates and the risks and challenges it creates. Which and a lot of people weren't when this was going, getting ready to go before the judge and then obviously waiting for uh, waiting for the judge's decision, everybody was saying, well, you know, we've never really had a vertical you know, integration merger that had been contested by the Justice Department. And, and obviously a lot of people believe there may be some reasons for that. But that being said, when you see this type of a merger, AT&T and Time Warner, is it good for the industry in general? I think it is good for the industry in that the changing landscape really does favor and will continue to favor companies that have the combination of distribution and content. Right. And what we're fundamentally seeing in that, in that play, obviously, is a desire on behalf of AT&T to integrate in that way. If you look at it, it's analogous to the structure directionally that Comcast has, where it has both the distribution assets as well as the content assets. Yeah. And I think we'll see more and more people play that way because direct-to-consumer distribution is going to be a much more important path for all media companies to succeed. And owning the distribution assets without the content assets isn't, isn't, is, is not, uh, doesn't appear to be a long-term optimal solution. Yeah. And then equally, um, you know, it's interesting. I always say to people, if you think about content today, it feels like it's all very technology driven. Sure, but to some yeah. extent, it's not terribly different what Walmart, with what Walmart was doing back in the day of DVDs and CDs. Okay. Right? Walmart, right, yeah. you think about Amazon and Amazon Prime and people think, what a radical idea. You know, they're spending $5 billion a year on content and effectively giving it away to support Amazon Prime. But that's not terribly different from the model that Walmart had, which when, you know, DVDs and CDs were released on Tuesdays, that they used to price those either at cost or below cost yeah. as a vehicle to drive traffic into the stores. And ultimately, their whole point was, we'll deeply discount this as a marketing exercise to get people to then shop in the rest of our stores. So it's a, it's a kind of an old retail concept being applied in a, in a, you know, in a new technology. So product. how do you think all of this affects 
your company, BET Networks, at this point? The interesting thing for BET is that while there's complexity in the space, the ultimate view is that brands are even more important today than they've ever been before. Because the proliferation of options, the massive fragmentation happening in media, really creates questions as to, what, if you can get content anywhere, and everybody's making content, how do you filter, how does a consumer sort? Yeah. And so for BET, it's actually a great time because the brand so specifically stands for something. Sure. And the audience clearly understands what it stands for. And even though there have been so many more people now producing content for the African-American audience, which I ultimately think is great for the audience and great for the creative community, so right. we're, not, we're not opposed to that at all, what we love is that our brand is so strongly anchored for both our audience and the creative community yeah. that in this fragmented world, it actually makes us even stronger. I was going to say, do you see that as, as a benefit because of the fact that obviously there is a long history and a great history for BET Networks? Uh, because you have so many, and, and not just the traditional networks or the traditional cable networks, but obviously part of this is YouTube, part of this is Netflix, right. you know, all of these other yes. elements that weren't there 20 years ago. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why the brand is so important. The, the interesting thing is when we talk to creative executives, they're, they're, what we hear consistently is it's exciting to be able to do something with Netflix, it's exciting to be able to do something with Amazon or YouTube. Yeah. But BET is home. And so even though I want to do things with other properties, I really do need to have projects with BET because BET is really home. And that, you know, in this age where there's so much competition for talent and there's so much competition for consumers, having that resonance with critical talent and critical audiences yeah. gives us a real, uh, a real advantage. I guess to a degree, a lot of the, the core business of putting projects together, of doing content, is very similar to 20 or 30 years ago. The difference is, we have such a, a, a huge media realm now that everything is scrutinized literally with the fine-tooth comb. Yes, yes. Well, the other thing, though, is there's so much more content being created today. Sure, yeah. There's so much yep. more money being put into content creation today. That's a great thing for creative executives. That's a great thing for consumers. Like, the universe of options is really just extraordinary. Yeah. And, you know, the challenge for, for people who are in the content delivery business is really getting your content delivery stand out, getting consumers to really kind of, you know, elect among the 80 billion things that they can do with their time that yeah. they're going to consume your content. You are just a few months into your job here at, at uh, BET Networks. Um, when you were getting ready to take this position, I, I, the mind was probably turning as to what you thought you could bring and what you maybe wanted to change or tweak along that line. What were some of the things you were thinking about getting ready to take this job? Well, I was curious about how much the business had changed in the five years since I had left. I was the yeah. chief operating officer responsible for all the business functions. Then I went over to Viacom as the chief administrative officer. Yeah. So I was still in the media business, but obviously in a very different role. And so obviously I'd been tracking everything that had been happening with media, but there were conversations that I wasn't having in my role as chief administrative officer that when I went back to the brand and I started meeting with advertisers, I started meeting with marketers, I started meeting with talent, external yeah. talent who's creating shows, it was really striking how much the world had really changed. Like when you get inside and to the fundamental level, that was really fascinating to me. My focus was really recognizing how much change the industry is going through. How do we set the business up so that it will continue to be successful 
through this kind of period of tumultuous change that we know is going to occur. And that was really my focus on coming back to the business, this idea that tremendous change, we need a strategy to navigate that change. There are steps that we have to be taking today to set the company up to be successful yeah. 10, 20, 30 years from now. That's why I jumped in. A little more fun to do it that way than just being the chief administrative officer? It, it's about 80 billion <laughs> times more fun. It's, it really is. I had a feeling it was. Yeah. Since you mentioned Viacom, I will bring them up because obviously that is a, a, a big story in the last, uh, well, last couple of years, but obviously now more, more, most recently in the last couple of months. How do you see all this Viacom, CBS, Redstone family thing kind of playing out? I think it's, it's too early and too complicated to call it. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of complexity there and um, we have to let, let some of the pieces fall out before anybody can really call how it will resolve. We are joined uh, here uh, at the uh, Wharton Global Forum by Scott Mills, who is the president of BET Networks. As you're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. Uh, so, from your time from, from being at Viacom to now being back at BET Networks, how do you think you've changed as, as an administrator, as, a, as an executive? I, I, the experience of being chief administrative officer where one of the primary responsibilities was overseeing human resources for the entire enterprise was prof just profoundly valuable and really helped me develop as a leader and as a manager because... Where, as a business person, I was always driving towards very specific business outcomes. Mm -hmm. Switching to a role where you're, where in, where you're in significant part your responsibility is the human capital of the organization yeah. really kind of changed the aperture through which I look at myself as a leader, how I approach talent, how I approach our employees, how, we, how, how proactively thoughtful I am around how to engage employees. And uh, so I really, I think it was an invaluable experience, and it's made me a much more um, thoughtful leader and a leader who, I always say, I used to lead with my head. Yeah. And what I learned is that while I shouldn't give that up, I also need to ensure that I'm bringing my heart because some people are going to be motivated by the, the intellectual imperative and some yeah. people are going to be motivated by the, you know, the kind of the emotional engagement. Is it, is it different because of the fact that you're dealing more with creative now in this position than being the chief administrator of it. As you say, you're trying to put partnerships together with not only production companies, but some of the biggest named stars. I saw that you, you know, you're trying to work something with uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right. you know, as well. I, I mean, that's a, that's a unique dynamic, and it's also something where you have these people that are obviously well-known talent that are the content creators as well, which is a little different than 15 or 20 years ago. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And they're, they're, they're extraordinary to work with, whether it's Tyler Perry. We just did a giant deal with Tyler Perry, Dwayne Johnson. There's this extraordinary producer out of uh, Atlanta called Will Packer. One interesting thing about working with talent like that is that they're people who've achieved extraordinary success. They happen to be African-American. And, and so, you know, one experience that I bring from being uh, kind of chief administrative officer is as opposed to simply, you know, engaging them as talent and then managing the rest of the BET organization uh, as a business enterprise, what we realize is that how much value do we create for the overall organization if we allow all of the employees at BET to engage with a person like Tyler Perry, right. to see his extraordinary success, to understand his creative foundation, sure. to really 
put him forth not just as a content creator, but an unbelievably successful African-American businessman and entrepreneur. And how does that resonate with an organization like BET? Yeah. I think, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have been as thoughtful about something like that. Right. Like how to, how to, how to engage the partnership with Tyler to have these broader benefits to the organization than simply the content he creates. But it's also the fact, I mean, obviously Tyler Perry has, a, has now a history and a, quite a, a rich one in this industry. Dwayne Johnson does as well. But it's also, I guess, to a degree, the idea, because you will have people that maybe are not as, as well-known in this part of the industry. I, I'm right. thinking, you, from what I read, did a partnership with the rapper T.I. Right. for a reality series about trying to find an executive. You know, that, that's maybe the, the other aspect of it that you have to think about it as well, is the people with great ideas, but maybe not as much as experienced in the industry. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're, we're actually doing this really interesting thing. We're doing uh, an African-American leadership symposium because we think there's a unique opportunity for BET to play this role to bring together the top leaders from African-American businesses, right. the top leaders from uh, the top African-Americans in business, the top African-Americans in entertainment, the top African-Americans in tech, and the top African-Americans pro-social. And while everybody in business knows everybody and everybody in entertainment knows everybody, sure. it's siloed. People don't engage across those silos. And so the idea is if we could bring everybody together and allow them to engage and collaborate, right, we can actually get a big multiplier effect of thinking a little bit like a Mike Milliken's conversation yesterday sure, about yeah. really creating leverage in that community. And that BET sits in a, a unique position to be able to do that, to be able to bring those communities together. But I guess to a degree, maybe that's already started just a little bit, but it's the timing of doing that type of an event now yes. because obviously everybody is more aware of the impact that social and and you know platforms like YouTube and Netflix are having these days. It is, but the, the difference would be nobody's bringing the very tippy top of the each of these in each of these communities together. Okay. Right? And so so that then and that really is the unique opportunity to create collaboration across the top of those organizations, the top of those verticals between the most successful business leaders and the most successful people in entertainment. And what's the value that's created on both sides of that relationship right. for those parties? And so it feels like there's a really big opportunity for the African-American community to bring those groups together and actually, you know, kind of to think about what are the most critical issues facing the community and how, how can that group? How do you view, in terms of the content that BET has done, now and, and in years past, how do you view some of the traditionally successful pieces that BET has done? Thinking the BET Awards, which right. obviously has been, you know, been around for forever, it right. feels like, right? And the success that it has, but also continuing to keep it fresh and maybe adapt as you need to right. because of the, the the digital culture we have now. Right. Well, you know, the exciting thing is the BET Awards is the number one award show on cable television, which we think is pretty wow. fun and pretty amazing. Yeah. It just speaks to the resonance of that. And it speaks to the resonance of it even as the world has changed and evolved, right? And so, so there are other award shows that have pulled, their, their audiences have contracted more yeah. because of the proliferation of, of digital platforms and how different audiences respond to that. And what we think... What are with the team of creative executives who are responsible for, for for producing the BET Awards every year look to do is it's really a celebration of black excellence and kind of the the most wonderful things happening in the African American community. Yeah. And that filter 
that that lens into the design of the show allows the show to always stay current and always stay fresh because yeah. there's always you know the thing that might be the most extraordinary accomplishment in the show one you know in the community one year might be very different than in the next year so how do you balance that then with what we see going on in in society in general because obviously the the speak by people has become much more charged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we see that filter into some of these award shows as right. well. Thinking Robert De Niro yes. recently in the comments that he made yes. at the Tony Awards right. about right. President Trump. Yes. How do you balance those two elements? Because these are people, these are stars, they're in the entertainment industry, but they are American citizens as well. Absolutely right. And our lens is through our brand. What's our responsibility to our community? There will be talent on that will likely, they have certainly in the past, make inflammatory comments about things that are important and happening in the African-American community. Recognizing our brand and our filter, our audience wants us to shine a light on those things. Our audience wants us to give voice to people who are legitimately commenting on important things happening in our community. And so that's the way we lens what we do permit to happen and what we don't permit that. Well, and the other aspect, thinking, you know, most recently with what ABC went through with Roseanne, you know, the element of these people having that voice, especially on social media, right. and, and having to deal with, you know, this wasn't something that happened on the show specifically, but it was something that affects the company as well. Yes, yes. I, 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 Channing Dungy's decision to cancel Roseanne was, uh, I think, an extraordinarily... It's an extraordinary demonstration of leadership and yeah. in the African-American community that you know, people just could not have been happier with that, that resolute response yeah. to uh, the, that offense. What do you have in mind now for BET moving forward? Because I, I would think as an executive, like many, you have a, a five-year plan. You probably also have a five-month plan as well. We do. We do. So there are a couple of things, and it's, it's a lot. So just very succinctly, it, our audience, the African-American community, what we've done is we've very much focused on what, what content on linear television is most resonating with that audience. And so we've evolved our programming strategy to hyper-focus on that content yeah. that we can do within the context of our brand. And that's a lot of scripted content with high drama. And we've had unbelievable success in the past with that, with series like The Game and Being Mary Jane and sure. Real Husbands. And so we're, going to, we're really doubling down in that space. The other thing is that BET to your point around our award shows, we have a deep, deep uh, connection to the music industry overall, and our artist really looks to us for music in yeah. addition to the BET Awards, Hip Hop Awards, Soul Train Awards. So we're going to create more music, more content anchored in our relationship with the music community, not music videos, but yeah. spending more time with artists, giving people insight into artists, creating programs around artists, creating movies around artists. We had tremendous success with a miniseries called The New Edition Story. It's an um, unbelievable success with that, where we basically said, well, this is a group that deeply resonated with our audience and had a drama-filled kind of arc to it, created a miniseries that really resonated. We have another one coming up with just Bobby Brown, and we'll do more of those. And so it's this combination of focusing for linear television on scripted and then around music. And then in the digital space, it's a much more dynamic area because you really have to segment much more and really speak to the diversity within the African-American community on digital platforms. And so we engage our audience on YouTube differently than we engage our audience on Snapchat and Facebook. The demographics there are different. And making sure that we're creating content and creating experiences specific to those platforms that resonate with our audiences kind of in a uh, hyper-segmented and targeted way there. 
And then we've got experiences. We've kind of gone off of digital and gone off of linear, and then we now do big live events. Yeah. BET Awards is this weekend coming up, weekend June 24th coming up. Yeah. The three days leading up to that, we have a festival yeah. in L.A. that yeah. attracts 160,000 people. So yeah. we get to bring everybody together, experience the brand, experience our partners. And so it's literally driving linear, driving digital, driving our live events, evolving into platforms, for example. Um, there's some things I can't disclose, but sure, we've got yeah. some, ex- ex- you know, the, the big thing, obviously, that everybody's seeing happening in the media space is direct-to-consumer. Yep. So developing yep. our, our other direct-to-consumer platforms and then just continuing to grow out uh, our relationship with our partners. Scott, great meeting you. Thank you very much for giving us your time today. Great. Real pleasure. Thank Scott you. Scott Mills, the president of BET Networks, joining us here at the Wharton Global Forum. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.